Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. As regular listeners of the show will know, you can catch me on Twitter at Kane Pittman and the show at Locked on Bucks. And joining me to discuss a win over the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still snowing in Texas, but if it is, he's braving the elements to do this podcast with me today. It's the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Before we even get to this game, why the hell was it snowing at your house the other day? Uh, the last, let's just say it was, a, it was a bit of a trying weekend on Friday. My, my wife uh, threw out her back and that's mm. not a great thing to have happened. I, I've never experienced that, but um, she's been kind of, you know, struggling as one does with a, with a thrown out back. So, uh, so that made the weekend not, not great for <laughs> collectively for the family. Uh, and then on Sunday, yeah, Texas randomly gets a, a quote-unquote snowstorm. My my sister lives in East Texas, got I think four or five inches. Um, like hers, hers looked a little more legit. Uh, ours was was not that that legit, but there was white stuff on the ground, which is pro- about as you know snowy as Austin gets. I've I this is probably the maybe second or third time in five years here that we've had you know snow that has stayed stay, stuck around long enough that you could photograph it. Uh, on the ground, <laughs> and uh, I was surprised. The, the first time I actually was flying back from Dallas, and I landed in uh, in Austin, and I'm looking out the window, and there's snow coming down. I'm like, "What the hell?" And I'm and I'm also thinking, I really don't want to drive with Texas drivers through <laughs> any type of precipitation like snow because I don't trust that they're going to handle it. But I was actually pleasantly surprised that they were like totally okay dealing with it. I didn't really see any issues, which you know I was half joking that most people in Austin aren't from Texas anyway. So I guess that maybe that explains it, but, but yeah, we had, we had a little bit of snow Sunday and, and our power went out. So that was, that was really the annoying thing. So from like two o'clock till eight o'clock, we didn't have power. And I actually booked a hotel room because I was like, you know, I, I have a wife who has a thrown out back and a little kid. And uh, I was like, I don't really feel like staying in a house that doesn't have any electricity, you know, no heat. We have electric heat. And I have to do work tomorrow. So, uh, but then literally as we were packing up, but we got our power back. So the, the electrical grid in Texas is not, I'd just say not, not hardy enough to withstand even a, a light dusting apparently. But anyway, not that anybody cared, but yes, we did, <laughs> we did get some snow in Texas and well, we deserved it. We, we deserved, I guess, to suffer a little bit because obviously everybody in Wisconsin uh, has to deal with way worse than, than, than I do at this point. 
Yeah, well, I think you would respond the same way I would respond if we got snow here in Australia, where I live as well. So it's fine. I totally get it. And uh, first of all, hopefully your wife is feeling better soon. She doesn't. I know that she's flirted with the idea of probably jumping onto the Bucks fandom, uh, given you know things have been a little bit rocky in Houston. But she doesn't need to take it to- so far that she hurts her back in solidarity with Giannis on Friday night. That was completely unnecessary. <laughs> but Giannis did. That's true. That's true. Correlation there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's the first thing that popped into my head. But I hope that. That, uh, she does feel better soon but Giannis was back today uh, which was obviously a welcome relief for Bucks fans I wouldn't say a vintage Giannis performance Frank and the strange thing about this game in against Orlando where the Bucks eventually win 121-99 was the 35 to 17 fourth quarter predominantly came with Giannis on the bench after he picked up his fifth foul which in some ways is a positive sign and Milwaukee were actually struggling to shoot the ball from three for the most part but in the last quarter they were able to knock some down and I mentioned this to you, Frank, before we started recording, but this was just such a typical Orlando game. It doesn't really matter who's playing. It doesn't matter who's injured. They just hang around for three quarters. And I think it's the Steve Clifford effect. He's a fantastic, uh, I would say, floor-raising coach. He always gets his teams to play hard. They're always pretty well-structured defensively. I think we saw that again in this game, even though they were missing a number of players, including the buck killer himself, Evan Fournier, even though he had a rough uh, playoff series back in whenever that was july august but uh, the bucks do get over the team that i labeled as number one in my pain pain in the ass power rankings when it comes to nba teams and the bucks incredibly i just looked this up i can't even believe it despite feeling like it's been kind of a rocky start to the season given the nature of some teams missing players unavailabilities they're half a game back of the one seed I didn't even know what to make of that, but I can't believe it. Well, and that's important, right? Because I think, you know, if you can, if you can keep kind of grinding out wins and yeah. taking care of business, which I think has been the, the you know, resounding theme for the most part, really, other than that Knicks game, really, right? Um, I think that, that's been kind of what they've done. Uh, obviously, they, they lose opening night against Boston, but, um, you know, other than that, you know, you look at the losses, right? Uh, the, you, you barely lose against Boston, and then uh, you obviously have the really disappointing game against the Knicks when they sort of just shoot the lights out and you can't do anything. Um, but other than that, right, you know, lose, split split the games with Miami, um, and then on Friday, you know, lose to a Jazz team that outplayed them, right? I mean, it's, it wasn't just like lucky sh- three-point shooting that, that, you know, did the Bucks in on Friday. But, you know, Jazz are obviously, you know, they're not like an embarrassing team to lose to. They hadn't been playing well, but, I always, I always get nervous. Like when the Jazz come in, it's like, oh, they've lost some games. Like, well, <laughs> the Jazz are good. Like Donovan Mitchell's good. Rudy Gobert's good. Bojan Bogdanovic are good. Um, you know, and and not just again, not to absolve the Bucks of some of their issues, but it, it was definitely interesting. This game paired with that game because Friday, I think the story was the Bucks getting punished by the Jazz running small, small pick and rolls, and in this game, we saw the Magic early on trying to take advantage of big, big pick and rolls with Giannis and, and Brooke Lopez being put into pick and rolls. Um, Aaron Gordon had eight assists tonight, uh, point Aaron Gordon uh, at times. But we saw the Bucks. we saw the Bucks adjust on Friday as well, but, you know, ultimately kind of came too late. And I think just generally other issues they had defensively, other breakdowns they had defensively, you know, they just, they just could not, um, they just could not figure out a way to, to stop the Jazz. But tonight we saw um, the, you know, a very reasonable decision made to, well, Okay, are you really worried about you know Vucevic taking Giannis down in the post? Eh, you can live with that. And um, we saw them just start to start to switch those actions. And 
Um, you know, again, I think uh, uh, it's kind of become a running joke a little bit now in, on, on Buck's Twitter that Drew Holiday, who's kind of been making known sort of his views that, hey, just just switch like for like, right? Like, we've got a bunch of guys that can switch, so just switch. Um, and it seems, it seems like maybe Drew Holiday is just, uh, you know, basically speaking it into existence here uh, a little bit more of late, which obviously when you look at the Bucks personnel and and also just keeping an eye on, you know, that need to have a different way to play come playoff time, um, you know, certainly as much as I think Bud wants to get, especially the new guys used to the base scheme, I think it's good to see also them trying some different things and, um, you know, giving a look at, at uh, uh, you know, schematically, right, a, a switching type approach at times. That makes sense given their personnel, right? I mean, we saw Brooks switch a little bit with those big, big pick and rolls, but other than Brooke, really, they have a lot of guys. Brooke and Bobby Portis, you know, other than that, they have a lot of guys that I think you, you know, would feel okay switching with. Yeah, well, the, I thought the the point you made at the start about Vucevic posting up was was probably the the thing that stood out to me at the start of the third quarter because uh, Vucevic clearly was a guy that torched the Bucks right throughout their five game series in the playoffs, and it was the same thing that we were seeing in the first quarter and the second quarter here, where uh, you know Brook Lopez would it would essentially turn into Aaron Gordon would dribble downhill, it, it, you'd have Giannis and Brook covering Gordon there on the drive, easy pass back. Vucevic, who often lives in the mid-range, was happy to step back behind the arc and shoot those threes. Now, some of it was hot shooting, but again, we've seen this too many times to just allow this guy to shoot wide-open jump shots. And what you saw in the third quarter, uh, which you mentioned, Frank, was Giannis was like, all right, I'm going to switch on to you. Brooke would stay out on the perimeter to Aaron Gordon, who, by the way, still hit a couple of tough shots with Brooke right in his face in that third quarter as well. But uh, Vucevic, at least at that point, once you get him on the post, he was either forced to pass the ball out or take a tough turnaround. And if, if that's your option compared with uh, just shooting a, a straight on jump shot from the mid-range or three, you're going to take that. You mentioned Drew Holiday. I thought his second quarter in particular, when they came out of a timeout, Things really weren't working too well. Aaron Gordon was causing some problems without going completely off. Drew Holiday started to pick him up full court. And I, th- I think you saw the, the talents of Drew Holiday emphasized more today when it kind of seemed that he was able to play uh, with initiative of, all right, we're going to switch this matchup here. I'm going to guard uh, one-on-one Aaron Gordon. There was one possession in particular where he absolutely locked him up. Gordon tried to post him up and back him down uh, on the left block. And, and Drew was just like, oh, first of all, you're not going to be able to move me. And then if you want to shoot a turnaround, I'm just going to block the shot anyway. And it was a jump ball. And even Aaron Gordon was kind of caught on camera, sort of laughing or saying something to Drew Holiday about that possession. But it was a highlight play from Drew. And I think altogether, we saw that if the Bucks are going to switch more often, I still think that you have to acknowledge the fact that at times they do still look a little bit confused. I know you've spoke about this in the past, Frank, where sometimes uh, they'll find themselves uh, miscommunicating or they'll have a breakdown. And that's when we saw a few open layups tonight. And I think early this season, more than we have in the past, we've seen plays where a guy will, uh, it might be a backdoor cut or he'll slip, uh, slip the screen and then find an easy layup and the players are kind of shocked and they kind of look at around each other and say what just happened there I, I'm not I wasn't expecting that to happen because Brooke Lopez isn't necessarily standing in the paint so this is the only question I have with how Bud's going to manage this moving forward I think in a matchup with Vucevic it makes sense to do this he's a very unique player though because he can score in the mid-range he can score from three and he was and he's able to post up so he's a unique 
big that the Bucks aren't always going to see. They've certainly had troubles early in the season with the small small pick and roll rather than Aaron Gordon Vucevic, which is kind of unique. But I, I think that we are going to see more breakdowns. And the question I have, and it'll be interesting to see how this pans out, is the impact of Brook Lopez because there's no doubt that even though at times fans have been frustrated, we've all been frustrated with the coverage when it comes to allowing threes and, and Brook Lopez dropping back into the paint, this scheme has absolutely maximized his defensive capabilities because he was never an all-defensive player until he was playing in this system with Bud. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this pans out for Brook. Uh, they've shown, uh, including today in the past, that they are willing to switch him on the perimeter if they have to in certain aspects. And he, has, he does kind of hold his own. He's not horrific, but it is noteworthy that you might not see the defensive dominance of Brook Lopez that you've seen in the past if they do change things up a little bit more often. All right, let's talk about our friends over at betonline.ag because if you are ready for week two of the NFL playoffs that are coming up, uh, or maybe it's the NBA that you're following and you you maybe throw a few dollars down on, then betonline.ag will be able to help you. And by the way, uh, I am not an NFL expert, but uh, I don't like the chances of the Rams going into Lambeau. And I know a few of our listeners will uh, be happy about uh, that matchup that's coming up this weekend. We'll see what happens. But there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to sports betting. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus, whether that is on the NFL, the NBA, or college football, which is actually wrapping up, I believe, as we record this podcast. You can uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore, I should say. Get in on the action with betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Twenty twenty is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. It's I think the interesting thing is too is you look at the landscape of the East in particular, and you know which teams you, you need to switch against and mm-hmm. you know, like okay, kind of where, where would it be operative? Right. And um, you know, I think you, if you watched the Raptors Celtics series last year, you know, how many of those games came down to the Raptors going with basically five mobile guys like Siakam and Ananobi being like the biggest guys at times, you know, some Ibaka for sure. But, but, you know, like kind of those like idealized, like, Oh, that's the, you know, super switchy position with basketball. Um, and and you kind of look at that and like, oh man, you know, like you watch the Heat series and it's like, oh well, what what's what's the role of a guy like Brooke? But you know, then you kind of look at the way these teams are playing now, and you know, the Heat are still starting Bam and a big man half the time, and um, Bam doesn't space the floor either. So I mean, you know, you can get away with Brooke dropping against Bam because Bam's not going to mm-hmm. pick and pop threes. The Celtics added Tristan Thompson. They've been starting Tyson Thompson at times as as they did on opening night, so they're not. You know, they don't seem to be dedicating to a really small kind of small ball approach or, or a five out type thing or, you know, some situation where, you know, unless you're really afraid of Daniel Tice shooting threes, which the Bucks basically dared Tice to, to shoot threes late in that game on opening night, you know, they're not really doing that. Um, you know, 
Toronto, who knows where Toronto's going to be. I mean, they do have Aaron Baines, so they can do some of that pick and pop stuff if, if they actually are, you know, going to be competitive enough. And obviously if they go smaller, they can do some of those things. But, um, but you know, again, and, and Joel Embiid, right? You know, are, are you going to, you know, uh, be afraid that Joel Embiid is going to kill you with, with three-pointers? No, I think you probably say, all right, you know, Joel Embiid's going to beat us with three-pointers. You'll, you'll accept that because you're much, much more worried about what he can do against small guys in the post. So, you know, you're really going to want to have Brooke Lopez in a matchup like that. So, again, it's not to say that they don't need versatility or they don't need to try different things without Brooke Lopez. But, you know, Brooke, Brooke's not playing 35, 38 minutes a game mm-hmm. in the playoffs anyway, right? He's a 25-minute-per-game guy probably. He's flexing up. He's playing well in the playoffs. Um, and I think, um, again, you just want to be able to do different things. And I think especially with, you know, Giannis, obviously, like switching Giannis. All right, you know, center center wants to try to take Giannis. Giannis isn't obviously the biggest dude, but like in that third quarter, I think there were like two consecutive possessions where they put Vucevic into the post against him, and you know, Vucevic really couldn't do much of anything in those two possessions, um, which was which was good to see, right? And that was kind of what I think was the intended the intended response, you know, being able to use use that Giannis switch to to shut down a guy that that you know obviously is a really good post player, skilled offense player. Um, and, and so, so we'll see. Um, I think, you know, Brooks not going to be able to play in all those lineups. I think, um, it, it's going to be interesting just with the switching bigs onto smalls. Um, you know, I think the four or five pick and rolls that we're seeing tonight probably are not, we're going to see from a lot of, um, maybe some of the best teams, but I think Boston in particular, you know, if they're running pick and rolls with Tatum and Brown with other, uh, other guys who are not centers, I think that's going to be interesting and that's where certainly switching is, is going to be valuable, you know, being able to switch Middleton, Giannis, uh, Drew Holiday, maybe not DiVincenzo so much because he's obviously, I think probably the least capable of those guys, but, um, but that's obviously a weapon that, that you want to be able to have in your back pocket. So yeah, definitely curious to kind of see how different matchups dictate the Bucks, try some different things and uh, it's early in the season, but certainly experimentation, especially, experimentation that's not out of desperation i think that's one of the knocks the bucks have had right is is well they only really switch when they're down big right switch in the fourth quarter when things kind of get dire i think doing different things earlier is certainly a better thing because it lets you get used to doing it more in the in the flow of things and i think you know really the the other kind of piece of it too is we talk a lot about you know switching in the in the sense of like a, a pick and roll but um you know there's lots of stuff that happens off ball and i'm i'm curious you know, do they do more switching in those scenarios too? Because oftentimes those can be the more difficult things to do, like switching a one five or one four pick and roll. I mean, that's very easy for for the guys to do to do that. It's probably like the simplest thing you can do. It doesn't mean necessarily that you can contain the a one on one if you get like a small on a big, but but you know, it doesn't take a rocket science to know like, okay, if they screen, I'm taking take that guy, you're gonna take the other guy. Uh, but you know, switching off ball, off screen, things like that, that's probably the part that you know, is, is harder to get into a real rhythm because again, if your base defense is not to switch, then figuring out like, okay, if you're going to switch off ball stuff, it's, it's adds a layer of, you know, decision-making and, and coordination between your defense, your defenders that obviously the Bucks haven't really had. Um, but, but certainly a team like Miami really tested that. I think a lot last year with how much cutting they do off ball. So, um, so yeah, it's more than just kind of that, that basic, kind of pick and roll type switching that's going to be interesting but but that's obviously the most the most dramatic and obvious way that we see it 
that's the one thing I would say in regards to also lineups. I mean, that, those kinds of um, unscripted possessions where there might be off ball, there might be a screen and you just decide to switch it. That's going to be more difficult or I would be more interested to see how the second unit handles those. And that's why I don't think we really have learned too much about what, which guys are going to be playable in the playoffs. Cause again, today we saw some weird lineups and I'd certainly be fine if we didn't have to see the lineup of Portis, Tenasis, and Pat Connaughton again. But uh, having said that, at the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter, that, that grouping with DJ Augustine and I, I believe Drew Holiday was the fifth member of that at the start of the first quarter and the third actually really held their own. But when you talk about how you're covering um, pick and rolls and, and against good teams, because again, we do have to remember they were playing the Orlando Magic today and the other day they, they played the Cleveland Cavaliers two games in a row. They've kept opponents to under 100 points, which is uh, notable in 2021. But again, you have to look at who you were playing. And I still just think back to opening night and it was only opening night. So we'll see what happens next time they play where they had uh, Pat Connaughton playing drop and he was right back to the free throw line when you're running a pick and roll between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and it was kind of just a disaster to watch and that's the type of things that I think we'll really learn from when the Bucks play those good teams uh, I did want to just talk re, uh, I guess recap our conversation from the start of the season with Bobby Porter so I was just looking at some of the numbers tonight obviously he was fantastic again he had 20 points we know that he's really consistently scoring the ball and scoring the ball really efficiently and I think that is because he's finding himself in really good spots in the floor he's getting the ball deep in the paint a lot of the times he's getting at least a couple of dunks per game by just running harder than anyone else in transition I can't remember what the line was I think the scoring line we had for him was at 12.5 points he's up now at uh, I think it was 12 I think 12. it was 11 and a half or 12. Yeah, and and he is he's he's up there now. He's up above uh, eleven points. I'm not sure whether that's updated from today's game or not. But eleven point eight, I think. he's eleven point eight or something. Then, yeah. Yeah. So as we sort of we're eleven games in now, I think it's very clear where he sits. He's basically almost one hundred percent of the time playing backup five, and as you kind of mentioned, really splitting minutes with Brooke Lopez. They're both at around twenty four. Uh, which, uh, you know, by virtue of that, we haven't seen as much perhaps Giannis as the five as what we thought we would. We weren't sure where DJ Wilson is going to fit into that. But DJ Wilson has basically slid completely out of the rotation. And I think part of that is because Bud has said, uh, basically specifically, that DJ he views, I guess, as a five. And we saw Wilson play, obviously, against Cleveland because Giannis was out. But I see a bunch of people asking the question, how is Wilson behind Thanasis in the rotation? I think it's just positionally how Bud views these guys uh, so far. But Portis, he's been consistent. Again, the question marks will be there on the defense. We'll see when they play at playoff caliber teams later on in the regular season and see how it pans out. But he is providing the consistent, efficient scoring uh, that we were hoping he would be able to bring. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online and they've been doing so for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices are always reliably low at rockauto.com and same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. 
You just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available, right? Locked on in your how did you hear about us box and they'll know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year with profiles of Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And the thing with Portis is, I mean, efficiency has not typically been a strong suit of his in his career. Um, you know, he has generally not been actually a very efficient scorer. And a lot of that's just because of like the, the shot selection he takes. And, um, you know, he's become more of a three point shooter, but uh, I think I, I've actually been surprised at his level of efficiency, even though he still seems like he shoots a lot of mid range jumpers for the bucks. Hmm. I think there's, there's still probably more posting up of Bobby Portis than I like hmm. the, the play tonight where Giannis picked up his, I think it was the fifth foul in the early in the fourth quarter where, it, somehow with Giannis on the floor, it ends up turning into a Bobby Portis mid-range or Bobby Portis post-up that turned into like a Bobby Portis contested <laughs> mid-range jumper. And then Aaron Gordon kind of flails on the weak side when the rebound comes off and Giannis gets dinged for his fifth foul. And I was like, all right, why the hell is that? <laughs> why, why the hell is that possession resulting in a mid-range Bobby Portis shot in the first place? Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, he's making shots. I think the thing with Portis that is is harder to to really get a measure on unless you really look at it closely. Um, you know, when you kind of do game by game, right, and look at um, his, you know, look at you know his performance against better teams. That that's really the part that mm-hmm. I'm going to be interested in because I think whether it's Portis, whether it's Bryn Forbes, whether it's T.J. Augustine, I think the big concern with those all those guys is you know is their ability to put up regular season numbers um you know driven by the fact that they can beat up on you know the lesser teams of the league right and you know portis putting up numbers against the Cavs or the magic um hey i'm glad you got to win regular season games too but what happens if he needs to get you know fourth quarter minutes in a playoff series and i mean i would hope offensively he can be fine in those scenarios. I don't think there's a reason that Portis can't be a contributor offensively, uh, you know, against better teams. I think the biggest question is just, you know, is he going to be exposed more defensively um, than, than you would like? And especially if you're put in situations where, you know, like, like you do want to switch, right? Well, Portis's mobility has, you know, has not, you know, and it's kind of interesting. I thought that he would be able to do that coming out of the draft. But I think when you talk to, to kind of people who really watched, you'd say his his mobility defensively has been a, has been a problem he just you know, doesn't bother shots and, and again we're a little uh spoiled with, with Giannis and and Brooke but but you know he just doesn't he just doesn't bring it there he's just well below average um you know sort of a, a team defender defensively so uh, you know again it's a little bit like the story of the Bucks. like can what can they prove in the regular season um maybe some of that also applies to Portis and, and some of these other guys who are you know, uh, may have problems, especially defensively in the playoffs. But, you know, until then, I think if he, again, is sort of fitting in to, to uh, the team and it seems like, you know, he's gotten into a good rhythm. I mean, he's, uh, I think the way he runs the floor, um, I, I think people often overrate 
uh, the, the value of having big men who run the floor just because, you know, again, it's like Thon Maker can sprint up the floor really fast, but how often <laughs> is he going to be able to get open, catch a ball and, and finish, you know, because of that. Right. Well, very rarely, but Portis to his credit runs the floor hard. And he, I think it runs pretty smartly to the point where he got like tonight. I mean, he had that one kind of, um, sprint out play where he ends up dunking the ball. Um, you know, running basically at top speed and mm-hmm. beats beating guys down the court. And I think that's something that, um, you know, the Bucks have been really good running out uh, in, in transition this year. Uh, and he's been, you know, one of the guys that, that has been part of that, especially among, among the bigs. So, so yeah, I mean, kudos to Portis for, you know, games like tonight and hopefully that can kind of continue. And also hopefully they can get him comfortable or more comfortable defensively because I think we've also seen, you know, examples of, of his limitations defensively for sure as well. So, um, and one thing, by the way, one thing I would say, I, you know, I don't really buy the idea that, that DJ is not playing because of this whole like center thing. I mean, do you remember, do you remember when, uh, I don't know if you remember the quotes that Bud had about the wing rotation and, mm-hmm. and it, I think it was in the context of like Tory Craig or something and whether, why Tory Craig wasn't playing. And this is when DJ was playing. And he, and did, do you remember this? Like he made, he started making some comments about how DJ Wilson had had a great camp or something like that. And like, all of us were just like, DJ is in the big man rotation. What does that have to do with, you know, Pat Connaughton playing ahead of Tory Craig or whatever now? And I don't think it was, I don't think he was saying that Tory Craig is a four. Um, I thought it was, it was just sort of like a weird comment excuse for basically him not wanting to talk about Tory Craig playing by back on it <laughs> um and i would i would just say in general too i mean there's no reason I, I mean i would say dj wilson's better position is defending fours and certainly you know offensively um he, he you know he can't really play the three because i think you need threes that can actually like dribble and, and pass and do some stuff and dj is very much more of a you know shoot open threes roll to the rim a little bit and you know do like dribble handoffs which is obviously a four or five skill set so i don't know i I don't really buy the the argument that you know Thanasis is playing over him because he's more of a four man. Um, I, I I mean I don't know the, the the why exactly Thanasis is playing. I can't really explain it. Whether <laughs> there's you know a grand this is part of the grand Giannis supermax bargain. Um, I guess I'm like forty percent serious when I I mean we we talked about this when before Giannis even signed the contract right like whether that and you know, what kind of discussion. Thanasis was playing and his role was playing in the Giannis Supermax discussion, which again, I don't think Giannis is demanding that, that Thanasis plays, but you know, would he say, Hey, I think my brother deserves a shot. Like, you know, do you think he's going to be able to play this year? Well, what do you say to that? If you're the, <laughs> the box, right? you say, no, he sucks. Like sign the Supermax anyway. Or do you say, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's see. I mean, he works really hard. Hopefully we can give him a look, you know, this season. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's anything really black and white there. Um, but it, it's, it is kind of weird that the Nassus is just like a fixture in the starting five. I think he's got the, or sorry, in the rotation. I think he's got by far the worst net rating of, of anybody in the, in the rotation right now. Um, and again, he's had his moments and I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy rooting for him, but do I think he's, you know, a better player than DJ Wilson? Definitely not. Um, do I think it really matters in the grand scheme of the Bucks regular season? Probably not that much, right? But um, it will be interesting to see what, what sort of happens moving forward. But certainly, Portis is a fixture. And, um, you know, it's uh, at this point, the debate is, is uh, Thanasis or, or DJ. It's, it's certainly not, 
you know, Bobby Portis or, or one of those guys. Yeah, I don't know what the official hashtag should be for this, but I am getting a lot of Bucks fans now tweeting at me during games every time they pick up on a Thanasis fist pump. And uh, I think, uh, I don't want to call him out, but I think Dean Maniard in our group chat said something like he would he, he thinks that Thanasis would be too intense uh, to live with, to have as a housemate. And I could certainly see that. I mean, this guy's just fired up at all times. He had that, like, just like crazy, ridiculous save over the back of his head tonight that ended up going straight to Portis for an easy two points. And he actually came in and had a bit of an impact. And, you know, honestly, he's the type of player that, again, I'll keep saying it, I mean, you... you you don't think or don't expect that he's going to be coming or playing come playoff time. But on a random night in Orlando during the regular season, you might come up with a couple of plays uh, that help you win a game or help you get a couple of buckets. He did that tonight. He was fine. And like you said, Frank, I do enjoy when he does fun things on the basketball court. That's it. I do. I enjoy that. He does work hard. Uh, Looking forward, I would probably prefer, and I've said this, I would probably be preferring to find out what, what we actually have here in Jordan Mora, but, you know, whatever. It's it's game eleven. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I mean, it's always felt like the Nas is a little bit like the human victory cigar. Um, <laughs> but apparently, Budge is really like cigars. So you know, he, <laughs> he lights up uh, lights up in the first quarter. In in this case, um, well, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's going to be curious. Fifty games from now, um, yeah. If the Bucks are playing, you know, the Sixers, and it's a close game. Um, is is the Nasus playing, you know, in the in in both halves, <laughs> you know, uh, and getting real minutes? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I don't think that gives you your best chance of winning. I thought, I thought on that topic, I thought it was actually interesting. Bud actually went with a small lineup, quote unquote, small lineup, where neither DJ the Nasus um, or Giannis were on the floor with. with and I think it was. I think it was Brooke was in. Brooke was in, and there wasn't another big man on the floor on the floor at the time. This was after when Giannis went out with his fifth foul, so maybe that was you know part of it. Um, but I thought that was kind of a curious thing because um, it was basically Brooke plus you know Chris was an anomaly the four man at that point, um, which which is, has been very rare, right? And you know I don't I don't know that it's a I don't, I don't know if the Bucks need to be playing Chris at the four much, right? I don't think. Um, you know, I think I think you could say, well, it would be interesting to see Giannis with Chris at the four, and you know, put more shooters. You know, a lineup like that. I think that would be an interesting thing to experiment. But um, obviously, with kind of the guys they have, um, you know, and and the fact that that Portis and and Brooke can space the floor a bit for Giannis, it, it makes it you know less critical that the Bucks go small, right? I mean, pre Brooke, that was always part of the discussion, right? Is is do you have, do you want to go smaller and put Giannis at center because you need to be able to get good shooting on the floor. You need to get, you know, get basically more skill on the floor. Um, and you can't do that by putting a big guy next to him. And, and obviously with Brooke, um, it was a little bit of a cheat code because, cause he was able to at least space the floor and, and shoot, uh, while still giving you kind of that, that big man rim protection, which we know Giannis, I think prefers to play with, with Brooke versus having to, you know, play like center himself. But, um, but anyway, I think we've, we've found a lot of random nuggets to pull out of a, out of a, out of a <laughs> season Orlando magic game. If anyone can do it, 
Uh, it's us, Frank, and uh, I guess we should finish by talking about Giannis. We didn't really talk about him tonight trying to take a whole bunch of charges. I think part of it was frustration. He was getting a little bit frustrated with Aaron Gordon. There was actually some, it kind of felt like some bubbling frustration or chippiness in this game. Nothing ultimately happened, but Giannis taking these charges, uh, I've said this before, I'm more than happy if he never, ever attempts to take another charge because he's generally not very good at it. He actually got the call on one of them in this game and then they went to a review and it got overturned which did prompt me to ask Giannis whether he talks to Bud or tries to lobby Bud to take uh, some of those review calls as well because when you saw that charge I mean it, it wasn't the most obvious it looked like a fine call in uh, in normal time in normal play uh, and then it obviously got reversed and given how difficult it is to stand in front of Giannis some of them are obvious but you could just get those overturned so frequently it feels like if Bud was willing to take those uh, take those reviews but Giannis said no I look I trust Bud he knows what's going on he takes them when they need him if it's late in the fourth quarter and it's a fifth or sixth foul obviously uh, I will ask him to and it's an obvious call for him to use the review but otherwise he doesn't worry too much and then uh, I said you're looking like Ursan out there and he said well I sat next to Ursan on the plane for two years we played cards together he taught me the art of taking a charge I, I didn't quite say well Maybe you need to spend some more time with Ersan if that's the path you want to go down. But uh, here we are. But Giannis, for me, no need for him to be taking those charges. It doesn't seem like it's really going to end all that well. And I don't think he's in a position where he needs to be picking up unnecessary fouls. Yeah, the charge you mentioned that got overturned. In real time, I thought he actually sold it really, yeah, <laughs> sold it it really well. Yeah. Um, and I think in the replay, I, I, I mean, I think it was the correct call. He wasn't kind of fully yeah. squared up. Um, but that that's kind of the that's probably the charge that's the kind of charge I would be more okay with them whether it's a live dribble it's more of like the Andrew Bogut charge where he's moving his feet and basically just staying with his guy and the guy as he's dribbling kind of plows through him it's not the you know you're meeting a guy at the rim and you decide to just stand there and let him mow you over type charge which is sort of like the the standard help defense type type charge that small guys take although the funny part was in the fourth quarter after he gets that fifth foul, um, he, Aaron Gordon, you know, gets past his man and Giannis is like stuck there in the rim. He's like, oh shit, I don't, you know, normally he'd just try to challenge it. Um, but then he sort of just awkwardly, he was in the restricted area, I'm pretty sure. He just awkwardly sort of just like stands there and just sort of like leans back. Uh, and uh, fortunately, Aaron Gordon didn't get a clean dunk on it. Otherwise, it would have been more embarrassing. But um, but yeah, that was that was definitely not a typical um Giannis charge attempt that was more of a situational thing he didn't really know what to to do um but certainly taking charges is not uh not a skill that that Giannis has has shown much uh, much much skill at um but uh I yeah so I don't think I don't think the the all that first on playing time has uh has proven much value I don't know maybe maybe here uh over the break he can you know head up to Ursan's place in Mequon and (laughs) practice taking charges in the snow or something like that with Ursan show, show him some skill. I, I bet you just know Ursan would have gotten that call uh, against Aaron Gordon that, that Giannis oh, yeah. did that got overturned. And you know, no one would care enough about Giannis or Ursan's fouls that they would, <laughs> that they would try to challenge it. But with Giannis, uh, you know, kudos to Steve Clifford. He, he knows the, the types of challenges that, that can be valuable and obviously getting a, a cheap foul on, on Giannis is, is always of, uh, of value. It was kind of interesting. I, mean, I think he only had one foul in the first half. Hmm. I think it was a charge. Um, and then they kind of just like, you know, came real quick on him late in the third quarter and he gets his fourth and then comes back and gets his fifth there. But, uh, 
you know, Middleton, we didn't, we didn't really talk about this, but I mean, Middleton just sort of then got rolling. Um, they ended up hitting shots and, um, you know, I guess I thought, I saw someone made a joke that this, it was weird because the Bucks gave up a normal three point percentage. I think what, what was Orlando like 11 out 35 or something like that. Like that for once the Bucks didn't get really lucky or really unlucky in opponent through three point shooting, um, which we haven't seen that much this season. So, um, yeah, it, it, this game is is one. Uh, as much as we're talking about tonight, I think I think it's safe to say we're going to forget about this one pretty soon. But um, you know, seven and four, keep grinding out wins, and um, you know, while while you're still figuring some things out, you might as well might as well keep winning. Yeah, well, I just got a tweet from a listener or, or Twitter follower anyway. I don't want to assume that he listens, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed. Danny Lamance, because I looked back last year and the Bucks started six and three before their ridiculous 18-game win streak, which, uh, of course, sent them on the path to that 70-win uh, projection that they're at for much of the season. So who knows? Maybe a winning streak is going to be coming ahead. I know the Bucks are similar to last year, kind of early in the season. It was a little bit later last year. They've got a run where they played Dallas and the Lakers and some of those teams that they played in succession last year as well. So it's going to be a tough stretch coming up. But you mentioned getting excited about an Orlando game. Well, just wait. Just wait a couple of days' time. We get to see the Pistons again. It's been too long. Bucks are now going to fly to Detroit to play the Pistons for the third time in a week and the third time or in about 10 days where they'll play the Pistons. So we'll see. Uh, they've been able to handle them uh, pretty easily over the last couple of seasons. So uh, I, we all hope that will be another win they'll be able to pencil in. Yeah, and uh, I was just looking at the numbers after the game. Bucks still first in the NBA in offensive rating, like close to 119, which, of course, is phenomenal. Um, defensively, they're at 107.4. Uh, which is ninth right now. Um, but, you know, one point swing positively would put you about fifth. One point swing negatively would put you about 15th. And to be honest, you know, I mean, again, one really good game or bad game uh, can swing you that amount. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think there's no one game that's going to prove to you that the Bucks defense has figured it all out because teams all sort of play a little bit differently. But certainly even though let's just say the magic and Cavs are obviously nothing to write home about, especially with some of the injuries, you know, all you can do is play the teams in front of you and hope that you kind of build up good habits. And as we're seeing here, maybe try some new things, figure some things out, get comfortable doing some different, different types of things with your coverages. And then hopefully that pays, pays dividends either later in the, you know, later in the regular season, but then also hopefully, um, you know, come playoff time. Hopefully you have a little more comfort playing, playing different ways, which, uh, obviously, you'd say that was probably the the biggest question or biggest goal that that many of us had for the Bucks during the regular season. So, aside from you know actually winning games, but trying some different things. So, um, we will see. Only eleven games in, but um, well, what do we have left? Sixty-one, <laughs> assuming we don't get the league yeah. shut down by coronavirus. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that, but the league obviously uh, looking a little bit sketchy at the moment. Uh, knock on wood, it, it hasn't uh, impacted the Bucks just yet, but as we sort of discussed on yesterday's show, uh, the Bucks don't necessarily have to do anything wrong to be implicated in this as well. It's going to be a weird season. Hopefully, uh, they can continue to play, but we are finally starting to see some games postponed. But the Bucks are next up on Wednesday night, as I mentioned, that's going to be another 6 p.m. tip. So an off day tomorrow. The Bucks will be traveling. Uh, I'm probably going to do the likes and dislikes again. So keep an eye out on Twitter. I'll send out a tweet uh, tomorrow morning or, or 
I guess it's going to be, what day will that be? Tuesday over in the US. So you'll see that. And you can let me know what you liked, what you didn't like over the last week. And we'll run through that as we lead up to the Pistons game. Uh, we've recorded this show during the, the college football final, which, you know, Bud told me that I, I know nothing about college football or question whether I even know that what college football is in the post game. Well, he's right. That's why I'm recording this show talking about this game because I couldn't give a stuff. But, uh, you know, some people are into that thing. So if you've enjoyed that game, uh, make sure you listen to this podcast after. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. Catch you guys then.